You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Wednesday hump day edition of the podcast. A lot to get to. Kalani Satake gets his contract extension that I think many people have been waiting months for. We'll dig into that. We'll also continue our look back at BYU football history, the penultimate edition, talking about the 2019 season. How did things go for the Cougars just two seasons ago? Well, we'll look back on that. And of course, we'll catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, including a conversation with Locked On Wildcats host Mike Luke, part two. More of the details on a player personnel level with regards to what to expect from Arizona on Saturday night. So plenty to get to ahead on today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at the Locked On NFL channel. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody is covering it like the Locked On Podcast Network. Right now, Locked On's ultimate season preview excuse me, is taking you through every team in every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason LaConfora. Follow the ultimate season preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's already ongoing, so download it now and catch up if you have not been staying up to date on it so far. That'll continue through September 8th. All right, without further ado, though, let's talk BYU sports. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 1st, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. But more importantly, I am absolutely privileged and honored to be here talking BYU sports with you guys every single day. We are your only daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. Some of you have asked me in the past, Jake, why don't you write a lot? Well, I consider my podcast, my daily podcast right here on Locked On Cougars, to essentially be my version of being a beat reporter covering BYU sports. So for better or worse, it's an audio format in terms of talking about BYU, just in terms of a beat reporter doing it in an audio medium. So hopefully you guys are enjoying it. I think the download numbers indicate as such. I can tell you guys right now, we had our best month of the year this past month. Of course, it's September 1st today, so the calendar rolls over. We go on a month-to-month basis, but I got to tell you what, folks, you guys have made this venture as successful as it ever has been and only looking forward to continuing to really make it soar this upcoming football season. So a big thank you for your guys' support of the podcast as always. Now, on to the actual news of the day. A huge congratulations to Kalani Satake. Announcement coming yesterday evening that he has received a contract extension through the 2025 season at BYU. Very much a well-deserved extension. I think there are a number of you out there who probably are wondering why this was not done shortly after BYU capped an 11-1 season a year ago. But I'd, uh, And I'll be frank about this. I don't know why it wasn't done at that point. Uh, Dick Harmon recently came on with DJ and PK in the morning and had an interesting thought about why Kalani Sitake had not pressed for his contract extension to that point 
point. And this is probably three weeks ago, if I recall correctly, when we had Dick Harmon on with DJ and PK. So here's what Dick Harmon had to say. And it was something I had never thought of and an interesting point about how Kalani Satake prefers to operate. Here you go. You have Mark Tolt being backed by the owner of the Utah Jazz, a person that's put up money for him at Utah Valley and at BYU. Now you've got Kalani coming in with the guy with Bilt Bar, and it's his buddy, and he's got a pocketbook that's pretty deep. So Kalani now has his guy in his corner, and he's got leverage now because of what's happened with his friend and his connection. In talking to those who are very close to Kalani, is that he's approaching this with humility. He's saying, I haven't done anything yet. I've got to do something. I think that's where Kalani's coming from, is that he wants to prove even more and then come in with his money back and say, okay, let's get it done. There you go, Dick Harmon with DJ and PK in the morning. And it's a very interesting point made there by Dick and a guy that I respect very highly. I'd never thought of it that way. The Kalani Satake kind of was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure I go out and prove my worth to BYU, prove my mettle, and then we'll get to negotiating. Well, apparently... They decided to get things done, and he is now linked with BYU, or at least under contract, through the 2025 season. Now, if BYU goes out and has another double-digit win season this year, folks, there's going to be even more attention on Kalani Satake as a potential head coaching candidate at the Power 5 level. There's only so far that BYU's administration has proven they are willing to go. When Bronco Mendenhall got, I think it was $3 million a year, maybe two and a half, they said, you know what, we're not going to match that, have fun in Virginia. Will that be the same situation with Kalani Satake? I don't know if it would be, but I do know that BYU is not going to get into a bidding war, and that may be for better or worse. But the one thing about Kalani Satake that's different than Bronco Mendenhall is the fact that he is a BYU lifer. This is a kid who grew up rooting for BYU, lived his childhood dream of playing for the Cougars, playing for the legendary Lavelle Edwards, and now is coaching his alma mater, something he has always dreamed of doing. So it's going to take a lot for Kalani Satake to say, you know what, let's move on to another opportunity here because I think he truly believes that BYU is his home. It's something he's dreamed of his entire life. But at some point, folks, money talks. And we all know that. But the biggest thing is, is I'm glad that BYU sees Kalani Sitake's value and that has locked him up through 2025. Would I have liked to have seen a longer contract extension? Sure, absolutely. But I think Kalani Sitake also understands that he's got to keep himself somewhat flexible, signing a 10-year deal isn't going to do him any favors and potentially doesn't do BYU any favors as well should things really go south. But I don't expect at this juncture, I think Kalani Satake has got this program to where it's pretty self-sustaining. He's doing a good job at developing talent as evidenced by the 12 players who got NFL opportunities in the uh, at the pro level this past offseason. And by the way, just a quick uh, congratulations. Kyrus Tonga and Dax Mill making the 53-man rosters after being 7th round draft picks. Uh, Kyrus obviously playing with the Chicago Bears as a nose tackle. And Dax Mill beating, uh, beating out other talented wide receivers as the penultimate pick in the NFL draft. We're talking the second to last pick. He makes the 53-man roster with the Washington football team. This was a kid, folks, who was a walk-on at one point for BYU. Absolutely incredible story, and congratulations to both of them on those honors. But Kalani has done a fantastic job, and this is a well-earned and well-deserved contract extension. And the question was asked yesterday during BYU football media availability, and if there's any of that you missed, you can go to 1280thezone.com or search out the Zone Sports Network dash Brigham Young University for all of the audio from BYU fall camp, the season, all of that stuff. It's all available online. 
But the question was asked of Malik Moore yesterday, and I actually asked him the question, well, what are your thoughts on Coach Satake getting that contract extension? And here's what Malik had to say. Man, I'm excited for him. Shoot, I'd be jumping up and down if that was me. Five years, got a job. So I'm happy for him, man. Like, he loves it. He loves his team. I don't know. I can't speak for him, but I don't think there's anywhere he'd rather be than, you know, at BYU coaching us. So I know for him, it's big time. And whatever success and achievement achievements he has, I'm going to be there rooting for him because he's going to do the same thing for me. So I'm happy for him. I'm really, I really am. Well, Malik Moore be jumping up and down, celebrating a five-year contract extension. I don't think it's necessarily a five-year contract extension. Kalani, I believe it's officially a three-year extension, four at the very most. But nonetheless, well-deserved all the way around. And just wanted to add, once again, my personal feeling that this was the right move and actually a really cool move on the eve of the upcoming football season for BYU. Obviously, they're getting ready to kick things off on Saturday night against Arizona. I think this lets guys like Kalani Sitake and his coaching staff understand that, hey, we're locked in here for the long term. There's the commitment from the university and the athletic department side of things. Now let's see your guys' commitment. Go out there and make us proud and prove to us that giving you that contract extension was worth it. I think it was worth it. That's just my opinion. But obviously, it's very much uh, industry. Speaking of college football, what have you done for me lately? We all know that. So, Congratulations once again is in order to Kalani Satake and really, really cool to see him get that contract extension. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll look back at one of the seasons I think helped BYU lock up Kalani Satake. Well, it was actually the season he got his first contract extension. We'll explain what went down in 2019. How did it all play out? We'll dig into all of that as we continue our 100 seasons of BYU football countdown in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Of course, it's that time of year. NFL and college football teams on the field getting ready to start their seasons. Some of them already started them in the college ranks. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, which are both open now at betonline.ag. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. You heard that right. 100% welcome bonus using the promo code Locked On when you get there. Be sure also to take advantage of their Super Bowl opening day promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, all the way to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the upcoming 2021-2022 season. That's all courtesy of our friends at Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts. We are coming right down to it, folks. It's been absolutely insane as we've gone through 100 seasons of BYU football. Today is the 99th installment, the penultimate installment before we wrap things up tomorrow with the 2020 edition, looking back at last year for BYU. But it's been an absolute privilege and an honor. So let's talk about 2019 
as our second to last look back at BYU football history. Uh, so let's start off with this. 2019 obviously was a season the BYU was hoping to build off a pretty decent 7-6 and six season in 2018. Obviously rebounding from that disastrous 2017 season where the Cougars went 4-9. and nine, There was a lot of discontent with the program at that juncture. And I think going 7-6 and six during the 2018 season helped restore a little bit of confidence that Kalani Sitake could get things turned around. Now, in 2019, BYU started off decently. It wasn't necessarily they were world beaters as they we would learn they were in 2020. We'll talk, like I said, more about that on tomorrow's show. But things started off with a tough loss as they were routed by Utah, number 14 ranked Utah in Provo, losing 30-12. to They did bounce back, though, with two huge wins, uh, two of which I actually was both in attendance at. I went to Neyland Stadium as BYU rallied in overtime, and double overtime, excuse me, to beat the Volunteers. 29 to 26. Absolutely insane game. The atmosphere there at Neyland Stadium was at Rocky Top was near into the, the, the maybe the best, uh, I guess what I'd say, game day atmosphere that I've experienced. I've been to Wisconsin, etc. Absolutely nuts. And for BYU to win that game, absolutely thrilling. Tyson Williams really showing well in that game. The following week, BYU welcomed number 24 USC. To Provo and Keaton Slovis was making his first road start as the Trojans starting quarterback. And BYU's drop eight scheme that has been much maligned in recent years actually worked to perfection in this game. They confused him all day long, made his life miserable, and ended up winning that game 30 to 27 on an interception from Keaton Slovis in overtime. Uh, many BYU fans remember rushing the field after that victory. And suddenly, after that loss to Utah, which was pretty demoralizing once again, the Cougars were two and one. But then disaster struck. On September 21st, they took on number 22 Washington in Provo once again at LES. And Tyson Williams tears his ACL in this game. And I can remember just thinking, wow, what a gut punch. That guy looked like he was on track to be a potential 1,000-yard back for BYU. And it just it fell apart right there. And BYU fell apart because they were routed 45-19. to just a rough, rough loss, and that got BYU on a little bit of a spiral, especially considering they went to Toledo the following week. And Zach Wilson, by the way, who was coming into the season after having undergone off-season shoulder surgery that really sidelined him for the majority of the season. He was on a pitch count, as many of you will recall. The coaching staff insisted he was going to be good to go. Well, I can tell you this much. Talking with people around the program after the season wrapped up, There was actually a lot of concern that he would not be ready to go against Utah, and he wasn't his best during the 2019 season, if we're being frank. And at Toledo, he threw an interception, was running to make the tackle after the play, ends up breaking his thumb in that contest. That sidelined him, I believe, for the next five games, if I'm not mistaken, as they lost to Toledo 28-21, obviously a frustrating loss there. The following week, though, Jaron Hall made BYU program history when he became the first black player or player of African-American descent to make a start at quarterback for BYU. When they traveled to Raymond James Stadium there in Tampa to take on South Florida, BYU had their opportunities in this game. Jaron Hall was knocked out early due to a concussion, disappointing there, but they fall 27 to 23. So suddenly, after beating both USC and Tennessee and going two and one, you're suddenly staring at two and four. And I very much remember the t- debate around BYU at this juncture of the season was okay. Are we looking at a season where it's going to spiral out of control here for BYU, considering now they're down their top two quarterbacks? Because at that point, you'd lost Zach Wilson to the broken thumb, and they were very, being very mum at that point. 
about what exactly had happened to him. And then Jaron Hall, obviously suffering that concussion in that game against USF and leaving early. Well, that left Baylor Romney, the underutilized, overlooked quarterback to start against Boise State, who was ranked number 14 as they came to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on October 19th. A dreary night. Maybe you recall, very rainy. Not uh, necessarily a great night for football, but Baylor Romney showed everything he possibly could do for BYU in engineering a fantastic upset. BYU wins it 28-25. to Boise State scored late in this game to make it much closer than the final margin indicates, but it was an absolutely gargantuan win. As I mentioned, BYU sitting at 2-4 and four halfway through their slate of games, and you're thinking, okay, is this really going to snowball on BYU once again? Well, that win over Boise State really reinvigorated them. The following week, BYU went to Maverick Stadium looking to end a two-game losing streak to Utah State. And Jaron Hall was healthy enough once again to start for the Cougars in this game. He played well early on in the contest and then suffered another concussion on a touchdown run and had to leave the game early. But no matter, BYU absolutely rolled Utah State 42-14 in that game. And then it was off to the races for BYU. Liberty came to Provo the following week. We're beaten 31-24. to Idaho State came to BYU on November 16th and were summarily dismissed 42-10. to Now, the notable thing about Idaho State was after that game, BYU officially had reached a 6-4 record. They had officially clinched an invite to the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, which they were contracted to play in that year. And in the post-game locker room celebration, the... Uh, Tom Homo walked into the locker room at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, unzipped his jacket and opened a shirt and said, extend, Kalan, extend Satake, I think, or extend Kalani. There were shirts that had been being worn around the stadium because BYU fans wanted to see Kalani Satake get a contract extension. Well, that was the official announcement, and I was actually doing BYU pre- and post-game show for the Zone Sports Network at that point, and I got a text from somebody saying, hey, by the way, uh, Kalani Satake got extended. I'm like, what do you mean? So, uh, funny enough, a BYU player walked into JCW's moments after I got that text. I walked over to him, showed him that text. He looks at me and says, that, exa- that exact thing just happened. So, of course, I helped break the news. I threw it out there on Twitter. And really, really cool to see Kalani Satake get that contract extension. We later learned it was a contract extension through 2023. So the 2025 extension that we discussed earlier today is actually a two-year extension. So my apologies for mixing that up earlier, but it's a two-year extension officially for Kalani Satake. And like I said, very much well-deserved. Well, BYU uh, finished off the regular season at UMass. Excuse me, they had two games remaining after the Idaho State game. Excuse me. They went to UMass, absolutely trounced the Minutemen 56 to 24. Jackson McChesney had an absolutely monster game 200 yards, some odd, I believe, in this contest as a freshman. One of the better performances you'll see from a running back individually. And then BYU went to San Diego State and struggled in a 13 to 3 loss. Now, this game, BYU, for some reason, that offense just was not able to get things going. Zach Wilson had returned to start for BYU, and you could tell very evidently he was not himself, and the offense just sputtered, and they fall 13-3 in that game. But it was a season, I think, speaking of 2019, of a lot of ups and also some downs. They finished the regular season 7-5, so an improvement on 2018, obviously having on 6-6. And then they headed to Hawaii on December 24th to take on the University of Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors, there at their home field, Aloha Stadium. 
And in this game, BYU had an opportunity late to seal the win. And many of you will recall what happened. BYU lined up to run a play and then had a penalty called. And just it all kind of fell apart because shortly afterwards, Cole McDonald and the Rainbow Warriors went right down the field, scored, and they ended up winning the game 38-34. to Very, very disappointing loss for BYU and a very disappointing two-game losing streak to close out this year because... We're talking about a team, BYU is 7-4 and four going into San Diego State. You beat the Aztecs, you're sitting at 8-4. and four. And if you beat Hawaii, you're 9-4. and four, And that's actually the best season since Kalani Satake showed up. It would match what he did in 2016. Well, that loss, those back-to-back losses, I think, had a lot of people feeling upset. But nonetheless, Kalani Satake had his contract extension. And little did we know that the whole world was going to change about six months, not even six months later, from December 24th, three months later, with COVID-19, and the 2020 season was born out of that, what BYU did during last year. And we will wrap up this 100 seasons of BYU football tomorrow with a look back at 2020 before we look forward to 2021. It's crazy to think how far we've come, if I'm being honest, folks, but it's been an absolute blast. and looking forward to putting a bow on this months-long project on tomorrow's podcast. And Hope you guys have been enjoying the ride as we've gone through 1896, 1897, on to the 1920s, 30s. You you guys know what we did. It was absolutely nuts, but been an absolutely thrilling ride to be along with you guys talking about BYU football over the past century plus. All right, coming up here in just a minute, though, we will wrap up today's show with part two of our conversation with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats. More of a look at the personnel, the nitty gritty on what to expect in terms of what you'll see on the field from the University of Arizona on Saturday night. We'll get to that in just a few moments. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Absolutely love this company. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Built Bars. I've said it for years now that they've been working with us. One thing I do want to reemphasize with you guys is how incredibly delicious they are, but also more importantly, how healthy they are for you guys. Between 17 and 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories, depending on the bar, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. They're healthy, they're delicious, and they're absolutely insane. And I got to tell you what, folks, I have made a monster in my own home. For months, my wife has heard me talk about how good Built Bars are and seen me eat them. Well, she recently started giving them a shot, and folks, she is telling me to order more right now. Like She wants more of them, trying different flavors, finding what she likes, finding what she doesn't like. The best part about it is I can save, just like you can, 15% on my orders at Built.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. Go to Built.com, see all of the flavors available to you guys. Place that order now. I would recommend if you're a first-time buyer, order their variety pack. It has all of their nine base flavors. You guys can give them all a shot, see what you like, and then go back and order more. But while you're there, every time you stop by, use the promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% on your order. They're Hatch Family approved. I know there are thousands of other people out there who approve of them. I want you guys to give them a shot as well. That's Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Get enjoying the best tasting protein bars in the world and do it with Built Bar. Before we go on today's show, let's get to part two of my conversation with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats. A great chat about what the personnel that you will see from Arizona on the field will look like on Saturday night. So without further ado, part two with Mike Luke, host of Locked On Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here you go. Let's start off with the quarterbacks. Uh, they announced that they are going to go with a two-quarterback system against BYU. 
What uh, do you make of that overall with Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer expected to split time in Las Vegas? Well, this is just a guess, but I don't know that the quarterback is the future quarterback is on this roster right now. Um, uh, Jed Fish opened practice up for the majority of media. And so we got to watch a lot of what uh, you could see out there. And there was two things about both the quarterbacks. Will Plummer's got a lot more physical tools than uh, Gunnar Cruz does. Plummer's got a big-time arm. Uh, he can move pretty well. He just makes a lot of real head-scratching decisions where you're like, what the heck was that? Whereas Cruz, I think, is a little bit of a safer pick, but he holds on to the ball way too long, and he has a tendency when there is a big play to maybe not go for it. Now, if you were to ask me, I think Cruz has been better, but it, it's all relative right there to where, yes, you've been better, but you know what? You both have really neither one really separated themselves. And I think Fish, honestly, I think he made the right decision. I think some fans are upset that uh, Arizona didn't go with a, didn't go with a, you know, just a true number one quarterback. But if you were at the practices, you could see that neither one of these guys really separated themselves. And when you're in a, when you're a coach that's taken over for a program that's lost 12 straight games, I have no problem with saying, you know what, both these guys are going to get time. And who knows, maybe one of them's a gamer when the lights come on. Oh, that's the hope. I, it sounds like to me, if you could combine the two, you'd have a pretty good option, it seems like, right? I, I think you would have a good option. Um, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're not, uh, Arizona's not at that, you know, at that kind of that BYU status right now where, you know what, you lose a quarterback that goes, you know, top five in the draft. And you know what, you got another guy coming in that people are optimistic about. That's, uh, that's certainly a way. That's certainly a ways off for the U of A. Yeah, quarterback's best friend is obviously a strong running game. How do the Wildcats look in terms of running back and offensive line? Um, I actually think the running game's decent. That's um, one of the few positions you're going to be looking at a guy, Michael Wiley, who has flashed the last couple of years. You know, he's a guy that he's proverbial, you know, limited carries, but high yards per carry type guy. I actually think that he's going to uh, be a nice, I think he's going to be a nice feature back for you, uh, Arizona this year. He's up to about 205. It wouldn't surprise me if he flirts with a thousand yards this year. The offensive line has a couple good players in it. Um, you're looking at a guy, Donovan Leahy. He's a guy that, you know, might be able to, you know, get into an NFL camp. He's got some real potential there. Um, so, and you've, you've got a guy in Josh McCauley who has been an interior lineman at the U of A for quite a long time. So you've got a couple decent linemen. It'll just be interesting to see what they're actually able to do when the lights come on. Because if I'm BYU, I am 100% stacking the box and I'm making one of those quarterbacks beat me. Flipping over the defense for a minute here, we, I heard the quote from Anthony Pandy saying he was essentially guaranteeing a win over BYU and made a few headlines up here in Utah, obviously, with that. But is he the best defensive player they've got? Is there somebody that may be a little bit better than him? Uh, no, he's not the best defensive player. He's the one that talks the most, but uh, the best defensive player uh, that you guys should all keep an eye on is Jalen Harris. Um, his father was a team captain here back in the 90s or on a Fiesta Bowl team that finished in the top 10 in the nation. Jalen Harris has really made a lot of strides, and I would expect him to be a guy that will – he's one of the few guys on the roster that I think is going to be – that will probably be an all-conference player. If I were to you know, just tell all your, uh, your fans out there, that's the one guy that I would really zero in on, Jalen Harris, pass rusher. 
All right. Well, yeah, BYU fans, I'm sure, will be keying on him. How do they look on the back end in terms of like the secondary linebacking core? Are they yep. holding up all right? What do they look like? Yeah, it's it's weird because you got you got a kid that came in. He came in from uh, he came in from uh, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Western Michigan. Uh, Trayshawn Hayward, who was a, basically an All American type player, left the team, then came back. Now he's on the roster. I would expect him to play a lot, but this. I actually think, honestly, that the corners are going to be fairly decent. You're probably looking at a Christian Roland Wallace. He's going to be manning one of the corner positions. He's one of the few guys on the team. Well, he might actually, I think he's the only guy on the team that had a legit USC offer out of high school. He's going to man one of the other, or one of the corners. And on the back, the other side, you're probably going to be looking at an Isaiah Rutherford, a, who's a Notre Dame uh, transfer. He's a kid that uh, he's looked pretty good in camp. He's a guy that I would certainly keep an eye on. Those are going to be the two guys, though, that I think on the back end that you're really going to want to keep an eye on. Uh, did I see that Jason Taylor has a son on this roster? Is that right? The former star Jason pass rusher? Taylor does, Jason Taylor does have a son on, his, on the roster. And you know what? He could be good in time. That time just isn't right now. Okay, it's Isaiah Taylor. I think I just pulled it up there. Correct, correct, so, correct. All right, that's just, uh, it's good to have uh, like NFL Hall of Fame bloodlines in a, in a program. I oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, too. Like, I'll always take a kid like that if they're borderline good enough just because it's awesome publicity to have your dad there like he was at the scrimmages and stuff like that. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, so, Mike, kind of the last thing for me here is, is there a player that we haven't touched on today maybe kind of a, I guess, a, a dark horse here could be a standout player this season for Arizona or maybe even just up against oh. BYU? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the guy that you should definitely keep an eye on is on the offensive side of the ball. His name's Stanley Berryhill. He's, uh, he was their leading receiver last year. Stan's really good. Um, there's not a lot of guys in the conference that I would, or on the team that I would say could start for a lot of teams in the conference, especially at the skill position. Stan Berryhill, the third, is a guy who, um, again, I don't know what the passing game is going to be like, but Stan's going to be open a lot this season. It'll just be interesting to see if the Cats if the quarterbacks can get to him. Well, with the name Stanley Berryhill III alone, he needs to be a good player. I like that name. Well, well, well I was going to say, yeah, if you're not a good player, you need to be an actor or you need to be something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no doubt about that. Well, Mike, thanks again for taking some time. Looking forward to the game, obviously, and catching up with you down the road, all right? Great. As always, we know BYU-Arizona is going to be a regular thing, so look forward to hopping on again at some point. There you go. Big thank you to Mike Luke for taking the time. You can follow him on Twitter if you want at Iron Mike Luke. Does a great job covering Arizona basketball and football down there in Tucson. And looking forward to catching up with him again down the road. Really, really fun to talk BYU and Arizona. It's close, folks. It's getting really, really close. And we're looking forward to seeing BYU take the field on Saturday night down there at Allegiant Stadium. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the podcast. A big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. As always, make sure to hit that follow button wherever you're listening in from. This podcast is available on all platforms, no matter where you might be listening in from. Hit that follow button. Join us every single day, but also make sure to leave us a rating and review. Of course, the ratings, five stars only, if you don't mind. Really helps us continue to build this audience we have, the, the community, plain and simple, that we have here on Locked On Cougars. So a big thank you once again for joining us every single day. All right, make sure also, by the way, to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Search out Locked On Cougars. You want my thoughts on all things sports, including BYU? Follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. And as always, the email address for this podcast, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com 
is the email address. All right, one quick reminder before we go that betting doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the brand new Locked On Bets podcast, it is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Go make some money with those guys over there. They do a fantastic job. All right, that's going to do it for us. A big thank you once again for your support of the show as always. Have a great day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 1st, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.